0: That'd be a minefield in those hills. We'll get to that in a second, but welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. You know where to get us. We're in your ears, on the air, through the digital air, maybe through the ground, through a cable, an Ethernet, but it it went through the air at some point is what I'm saying. Prideofdetroit.com. This is the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Get it on... Apple's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. Every time I do that, I almost say iTunes and I remember we're not supposed to call it iTunes anymore. Jeremy Reisman, Fearless Leader is here at Detroit Online. Hi Jeremy.
1: How's it going, Chris?
0: Oh, uh way too loud. Back up a little bit. How's it going, Chris? It's going a-okay. Did I introduce myself? Did I mention that I'm the adequate host? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think so. Well, that's very adequate. That I, Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett P E R F E T T, would immediately forget whether or not I've just introduced myself. Bring in the third man here, Ryan Matthews. Back, the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore Pod, we are the trio in here to talk to you about lions. Ry- Ryan, how you doing, buddy?
2: Ryan, ready to talk about lions? Yep.
0: Hit that check marks right checkbox right next to your name. Ch-chick you're ready to go aren't you
1: i'm
2: always ready to go
1: it's your, it's your new twitter account ryan's on lions
2: you need to find another ready Ryan to
0: now. go ready to go we have that's a limp biscuit song we haven't done in forever
2: it's true. no we haven't done that in forever but then again every time i get introduced that that drop is from that song so technically mm-hmm. we do it every single time
0: <laughs> we do we keep we keep Fred the memory of fred durst alive not that he's dead He's alive. Hope, hopefully not chance. by the
2: time this drops. Hopefully the night. We, we've
0: had well bad luckers
1: before. before we upload this. He doesn't die. We've had Shout bad out. luck.
2: Shout out. Shout out Fred Durst. R.I.P. Fred Durst. I know it's not it's not true right now, but it's probably gonna help happen pretty soon. So You know, at,
1: at some point someone might weekend. be listening to this podcast. I mean podcasts are eternal, so at some point in the future, we will have predicted Fred Durst's death because everyone dies.
0: We'll get to that and some other deaths much more <laughs> later. Wow, we're starting off grim today. Let's make this a little more grim. Let's talk about the first four game of the 2019 Lions NFL season. Uh, so after Wayback Machine went back in time uh, last time last week, you can go back and listen to it on our feed. Uh, it's it's broken now. It's completely busted. The rest of the season, I can't even get to at this point. Uh, that timeline is crossed off from us. So. We're going to start looking forward because it's July. The NFL season is going to be upon us. Preseason is going to be upon us before we know it. And I think, Jeremy, that we're in for some surprises when the Lions boot up here in, uh, in September. I we, we know the first, We know the schedule already. They're starting on the road at the Arizona Cardinals. Then it's home, the first home game on the 15th against the Los Angeles Chargers then on the road again for the Eagles, and then at home again for the Chiefs. Back and forth, back and forth. But I think for this team that had such a slow start last year and has the expectations that this team needs to get better, that it needs to prove that the, coach, that the, you know, the change in coach and the change in philosophy and personnel is all going to be worth it. It's, it, it. There's a lot of pressure on these first four games to see what the Lions can do.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's not a great schedule for a team that, you know, is looking to, to rebound, as you said. Um, three of the f- those first four teams made the playoffs last year, and then the other one is a complete wild card in, in that first game at, at Arizona, which is a tough place to win. The Lions have struggled to win there in the past. Obviously, um, they won last year. Uh, that was kind of a, a different situation, though. Arizona has a new, you know, first-round quarterback. They have a brand-new head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. You know, you don't have any tape on him at the professional level or the new quarterback so it's just like i mean you hate to compare it to New York last year because there are a lot of little differences the fact that there's a brand new head coach and a brand new philosophy we've seen how much it, you know how much time it takes for a, a new philosophy to take hold uh the jets weren't like that they just had a you know rookie quarterback um and, and i think the biggest difference maybe from week 1 last year to week 1 this year is that the lines aren't going through that rookie head coach rebuild you know adjustment the, the defense should be a lot better than what it started out last year but that being said you just don't know what to expect in that week one and you really don't know what to expect any week one a week you really one, don't you really 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 tough and then when you have, throw on a rookie quarterback and a, a brand new nfl coach it's uh it's hard to predict what's going to happen right out of the gate
0: you really don't and you have to go back to 2015 to find the last time the arizona cardinals won their home opener uh, to start a season. They they started week one and beat the New Orleans Saints, but that was, again, that's back in 20, 2015, four seasons ago. And obviously the team's gone through a hell of a lot. And as you say, Cliff Kingsbury conf- confounds things. But Ryan, I think the specter of of getting beat by a rookie quarterback in the Jets game, not only that, but getting beat as badly as they did by someone who I think we had all been dunking on for an entire offseason in Sam Darnold, you know, but Sam Darnold, one thing, but now here comes Kyler Murray, Ryan, here comes Kyler Murray. Here comes, you know, your big spanking top draft pick here. And I mean, the hypes, the hype came on him from college. And sometimes maybe that's not the best thing for a guy to follow a guy into the NFL but it's all sitting right there. It's for a Cardinals team that's been down on its luck and has something to prove. It's Kyler Murray, the number one overall draft pick amid some criticism, and here comes the Lions trying to prove that they're better than 6-10. and 10. Uh, The rest of the gumbo is is hot.
2: Yeah, the gumbo's hot, but you know Kyler Murray coming in to his rookie NFL season really isn't so big, right? I think that was the narrative that surrounded him as he came into the NFL, and during the entire pre-draft process was his size. And we're going to see, we're going to see in week one, this lions defense that has been completely, I think for, for the most part, I think for all intents and purposes has been like revamped and it's finally taking this mold and shape of what a Patricia defenses looks like. You know, he has a big nickel corner. Now he has, you know, the, the edge guy and Trey flowers. Let's see how Kyler Murray is going to stack up against a Patricia defense. That is, Set the way that he would want it to be, and I think what's going to be most interesting about this first game is is just that is the Lions' defense versus the Cardinals' offense in this first game. Because I think back to other quarterbacks and their debuts, and I think back to like last season, right? Sam Darnold, very first play of the game, the Lions' season, they're going to go sixteen and zero, and then by the end of the game, Sam Darnold has cook the lions in their own stadium. Right. But I think back to some other games like debuts, like Robert Griffin, the third against new Orleans, you know, uh, while, while the lions experienced their own growing pains, I think last year, uh, under a new head coach, like Jeremy had mentioned, you know, Arizona is kind of dealing with the same thing. Is this going to be something where the lions are going to be caught completely off guard because they're not, they're not too sure of what to expect or are they going to be, um, or is kind of the moment of, you know, their first game, Cliff Klingsbury, Kyler Murray, like, is this going to be like too much for them? I think well, that's I, the narrative going into it.
0: Yeah. And let's, let's be clear too, Jeremy, like this is not a Cardinals roster that's completely depleted. We talked about, I talked about a little bit about Chandler Jones last week. They we also have Terrell Suggs on, on defense now. So those two alone is going to create some pretty, pretty hefty pass rushing on offense. I mean, David Johnson's still there. He suffered his injury, but We'll see if he's able to really put together some vintage David Johnson. I know, Ryan, that's one of your favorite guys out there. Mm-hmm. And then Larry Fitzgerald is still in the wings and still seems to not be able to, to, to let father time stop him.
1: Yeah, I mean, but again, there's also a reason this team had the first overall pick. Their offensive line sure. is a mess or was a mess and continues to be a mess. And one thing to, to keep in mind here, while the while we're, we should be asking the same kind of questions about the Lions' offense that we're asking about the Cardinals' offense, because obviously new offensive coordinator, new system, blah blah blah. The 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 Cardinals are going to be missing Patrick Peterson because he has that six game suspension, and that's that's no minor loss. We're talking about a top ten corner. We're talking about one of the the, the biggest leaders on that team. Um, that that's that's huge for the Lions, and and I, I think that's maybe a story that's kind of fallen by the wayside since. We're, we're deep into the off season, but that that could play a big impact on on week one. I think.
0: Yeah, and then I mean, right after that, like again, you come home against the Chargers, and like the Chargers are weird. Everyone seems to just ignore that the Chargers exist, or that they went to the playoffs last year, Ryan.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that the Chargers are a team that anybody should be overlooking at this point, just because I think that they have they have one of the I, I think that they could end up being maybe one of the top five offenses in the league this year. And I think they're going to do that on the strength of a, a great running game. They have some depth there. They have, you know, Melvin Gordon, obviously, and uh, Austin great Eckler. Great too. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be really good for them if he actually, like, suited up and, you know, played on the field. But fallback uh, joke. You know, we're going we're gonna to get into our, our list cast later on. But, you know, Keenan Allen, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Mike Williams, he, he took some strides last year um, after kind of dealing with some injuries his rookie season. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, that defense, I, I think that's something that is always kind of overlooked. They have a couple of top-end edge rushers in Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. So mm-hmm. this is the, – the Lions season, the, the Cardinals game seems like an enigma, but the Chargers game seems like it, like the first guaranteed tough matchup that the Lions are going to be faced with.
0: Well, first is the operative word there, because immediately it's on the road to the Eagles, which I I mean, I don't know really know too well the state of the Eagles or what to really expect for them right now. All I know is that going on the road to play them is not something where I'm going to favor the Lions unless like the Eagles are completely garbage basura in the first couple of weeks. And then home against the Chiefs, which I mean, (laughs) your AFC runners up Take what you will of them. I don't see Patrick Mahomes coming back down to Earth anytime soon. Yeah, like, I mean maybe that- maybe some of the suspensions will hurt them. Uh actually not even. I think Tyree is Tyreek Hill he's back now, right? He's not or are we still waiting word about his suspensions? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we're still waiting, aren't we? I mean, he's he's been cleared, so I will see. You got you talk about this. I mean, it's it's possible. The commissioner could suspend him, but I don't, like, I just don't see that happening, not in this climate right now, not to a team like the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I want to go back to the Eagles real quick. That, I mean, the NFC East has always been tough to predict, and, you know, the Eagles obviously have made the playoffs in back-to-back years. Last year was kind of, I wouldn't say they backed into the playoffs, but at 9-7, and they weren't, they weren't quite the. The, the team they were. They when They were the year, the Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they were, kind. Of, I feel like they kind of struggled to find an offensive identity a little bit. And it's kind of weird to say that considering they were such a juggernaut the year before. Uh, so, I mean, that, that to me is a toss up game. Obviously a, a, a conference game on the road is, is not going to be easy, but I'm not going to count the lines out completely. Uh, and then, and then Cheese, I mean, yeah, that's, That, I mean, that's just a really tough home schedule to start off with, with Chargers and Chiefs. Uh,
0: Yeah. And I guess my question to you, Ryan and Jeremy, then is like, is this could be a rough start? This is already on paper a really rough start. When we we thought, we thought at least the start, the first three games for the Lions last year, you could at least pick up two guaranteed wins against the Jets and the 49ers, probably catch them unawares and do things to it and then eat a, a loss to the Patriots. But, uh, this is this is rougher on paper, and that's again still assuming that maybe the Cardinals aren't a mine that that they're just not going to blow up on top of you. Even if we took the Cardinals out of it, this is a rough first quarter of the schedule. First, of it mark. is.
1: I mean, it certainly looks like it, but I think using last year as an example shows you just how much preseason expectations can mean nothing. Because, like you said, New York and San Francisco looked like easy wins or a potential. Well, we looked, wins. we looked
0: pretty bad in the preseason too, though. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely looked pre- bad in the preseason. Well, yeah.
1: And, and I yeah. think we should maybe pay a little bit closer to attention preseason, not, not throw everything into preseason, but like there were certainly warning signs that we probably should have picked up on or been a little bit more worried on. I, I would say there was some concern going into the regular season, just how bad they looked at preseason. Cause they hadn't looked that bad in a long time in the preseason, but I'm just saying like, the, the perception right now of some of these teams, you know, if you were to tell Lions fans that they would go two and three to start the year against New York, San Francisco Patriots, Dallas and green Bay, how many people are going to pick those two wins to be the Patriots in green Bay? How many of those are going to Three, one of those three losses to be New York or San Francisco? Not a lot of people. So, I mean, I'm still, you know, you still have to kind of put analysis on this and say like, okay, the chiefs are, AFC, essentially AFC champions. I want to say because I, I still can't believe that a guy lined up offsides cost them the entire shot at a Super Bowl. But like a, a team very capable of of showing up to the Super Bowl and probably winning it is is not one you want to see on your schedule this early.
0: Ryan, two questions for you to close this out. One, Jeremy alluded to preseason. Lions start their preseason. Uh, with the Patriots at Texans, Bills at Browns. So what it, what particulars are you looking for in the preseason to maybe
2: uh, make you less scared about these first four games? Um, for me personally, I think the two things that I'm going to be looking for the most are whether or not Damon Harrison and Darius Slay are both under contract and playing. <laughs> like, I mean, they're, very under, they're, they're, they're under contract right now obviously but hopefully they have contracts that they deem to be uh they deem to be sufi- sufi- sufficient for themselves so uh hopefully those two are on the sidelines like those are literally those are the two things that i think are the most important things for the lions to take care of in the preseason and then just for nobody to get hurt honestly like the preseason just scares me to death just because of injuries simply for the sake of injuries that's but th- i mean that's it we did see some play
0: though last year that did make us eventually, rightly so, question what was going to happen with the, with the Lions with some of their scheme, be it on offense or whatever.
2: But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I I mean they're going to play super vanilla. I don't think that Daryl Bevel's is going to want to give away too much, if anything at all, of what they're going to be doing with their offense. And I I think there's you're really going to have to read between the lines to to glean anything from that. So.
0: I think I'd rather see them executing some of those plays. Like I I understand you want to keep your playbook safe, but I'd I'd like to see them executing some of those plays against teams you're playing in the preseason just to make sure those plays can actually work. Mm. But that's me. Uh, The other thing I want to ask you real quick and then we'll uh, put a bow on this and move on towards list cast here. Does it worry you at all that we have these first four games, which I am going to continue to allude to being a minefield, and then immediately after that you get the bye week and then the rest of the, the rest of the schedule you have to play straight through.
1: Uh, I, I hate the early bye week. Um, if, if the first four are a rough start for the Lions, maybe that's a good thing, you know, to kind of reset because the first two games right out of the bye week and we'll, we'll get into it more next week, but at green Bay versus Minnesota, two, two division games, your first two division games are right there on the schedule coming out of the bye. So it, it could be, in the short term uh beneficial but in the long term i I hate having that early by having to go 11 12 straight weeks of of straight football no breaks that's rough that's really rough last year lines lines players were complaining about it a little bit and i think they had it week six so it's even earlier this year and that's that's definitely not a good thing
0: not to look too far down the schedule but i see yet again we seem to be playing green bay to end the season it seems to be a thing now. This almost feels like this is a college game where it's like, Hey, yeah, your rivalry is at the end of the year. Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you get, you do get lamb, as you say, like you get two division rivals and you get that Lambo game out of the way here in mid October, but still like this is going to be, hmm, this is going to be brutal. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. All right. Pride of Detroit, POD cast, pride of Detroit.com. Uh, USA, can we do a USA for the women? USA, USA, USWNT,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, USWM and I mean USWNT. And yeah. as we're sitting here, actually, I think the men are going to be playing here in like an hour or two for the gold for the uh, gold cup, and I don't care about that.
3: Yeah, I
1: believe that team that already won one. We'll
3: yeah,
0: we did win. You don't need to believe anything. You have that for certainty. That is in cold, hard, stone fact. The U.S. beat Netherlands and stole all of their waffles.
3: And their chocolate on top. And the chocolate. Yep.
0: And probably broke some of their uh, dams and windmills. I, I, I don't know. I, I have was? nothing else. Is this, the first, time, this is the first time we're talking about women's soccer on here? Um, I just like that it's become kind of the firestorm that it is. And I appreciate any team that can weather the kind of criticism that the women's team has taken, be it for their style of play or things that Megan Rapinoe says or things that Alex Morgan does. And yet still like they're untouchable. You can critique them all you want. Guess what? They got the hardware.
3: No one else wants to touch this. Okay. Hey,
1: no, I just, it was fun. It was fun following the Women's World Cup. I enjoy it. I enjoy World Cup in general,
0: but... Uh, I'm just trying to... the okay. team
1: has so much swagger that
0: it's, it's really fun to watch. I was trying to hopefully soften the blow because I did want to get to this story before we break about a um, death in football, if we could. Um, and this is uh, feelings go out to the family of Jared Lorenzen. Who had a very short stint NFL-wise uh, with the New York Giants? Won a Super Bowl ring with the Giants, though. And according to NFL Films, he's basically the reason the Giants beat the uh, New England's undefeated streak. Because you know that play in that Super Bowl. You know Eli Manning is like getting Ryan. You remember this, right? Like Eli Manning is getting just hung on by Patriots defenders and is able to scramble away, throws the ball down the field, catches in the helmet. Uh, they win, the, they score the touch. They, sc- they eventually score the touchdown and go on to win that game.
2: Mm, yep. MSU alum, Black Skilberis, catches that touchdown mm-hmm. pass and uh, the Giants win the Super Bowl. But that's probably, is that the most iconic play in Super Bowl history? It's definitely there. So. It has to it's- be. I mean, it knocked off an undefeated team. Uh, uh, yeah, an 18, like,
0: you know, an almost perfect season throughout knocked off. But it's all thanks to Jared Lorenzen, who apparently during drills, he, like with, with Eli Manning, was supposed to go and, like, you know, drape himself over it. It was, you know, drills to help the quarterback scramble. And Jared Lorenzen, if you don't remember him, big giant man, you know, dies very early at 38. But I mean, he's built like a defensive tackle who can just go in and just, you know, gobble up Eli Manning. So Eli had a pretty good partner there to practice that with. So, Lorenzen, you delivered us from the Patriots. Thank you. Also probably the greatest, like, Kentucky quarterback of all time.
1: I, I, what I, I what is I think, going on here? I, I, I have nothing. I've never seen the guy play it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, have, I can't say anything about him, but sounds like he had a, an illustrious career, and then I'm sure... Not really much of of an
0: illustrious career. He he had a he had a decent college career. He had a good college career. He was in the NFL for a little bit. He bounced around a
1: a career.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, I will say, as someone working in sports talk radio, like I know he was apparently a very approachable guy. He was a very open guy, and uh, you know who, who was it? I remember this over at over at Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith has his radio show and they were calling in because it looked like the Jets were going to try to sign Jared Lorenzen. And I remember Jared calling in and basically telling them, don't sign me. What the hell are you doing? Go get like Tebow or something. I know he's with with the uh, Eagles now or whatever. Just trade for him. Like a very down to earth guy. Bad a lot of weight problems throughout his life and uh, football will miss him. And I wish there was more weird stories like that in football.
2: Shout out Jared Lorenzen.
0: Hefty lefty all right, we're going to take a quick break here, get you guys woke up a little bit, and then get right back into ListCast. This week, wide receivers. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a position I really, really love to talk about. And we're getting to that next All right, let's start our list cast. List cast time, baby. Pride of Detroit on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I still can't say those right. I'm very tired. I'm coming off my overnights. And uh, I work hard around here. I work hard around here to keep this thing rolling. How are you supposed to give us energy if you're not bringing energy yourself? Let's go.
1: Woo! List cast.
0: List cast. Woo! We, need to, we're, we are going to bring, I think, during the regular season, we will bring back uh, some of our more fun list casts as well. Those, those will more take the place of like mailbags every, every week or so. Is that, is that fine, Jeremy? We do that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, every now and then, for sure. And definitely during the bye week, I'm down to do like a silly list cast.
0: Yeah, and we definitely have the format down now. People are really enjoying uh, this new format where we have taken all the writers from Pride Detroit, or at least people who respond to us in time, and thrown their answers into a pile and scored them accordingly. So this week, we are doing the top 10 wide receivers for the 2019 season. Kyle Yost, John Whitaker, Justin Simon, Mansour Shaheen, Jerry Mallory, Hamza Bakush, and myself, Jeremy, and Ryan have all thrown in votes here, and we have compiled them together. So as we did before, we will get to the top 10, but each of us have picked out a guy who just missed the cut, and we will stump for them here. Reminder of how this works is each of, each of us has submitted a top 10, and they're scored inversely. So whoever is your number one pick that got, gets 10 votes, whoever is your number 10 pick, he gets one vote, nine gets two, so on and so forth. That's how we determine the score.
1: So and, we uh, mention, yeah. and we're right. obviously going to give you the, the cumulative top 10 here on the podcast, but if you want to see each person's individual ballot, make sure you head to pridedetroit.com with our, our podcast post that should go up either Monday or Tuesday. And uh, there'll be a link to all of our individual ballots. So you can make one of each individual if you want.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there were some weird ones here, probably at the bottom. I think everyone's top four. Or so I, I'm, I'm surprised a little bit at one of the guys who is in our top four, not being as high on some people's list as they are, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we had some, it was, a, it was a bit bloody at the bottom. Like I was apparently the only one stumping here for Julian Edelman. Kenny Galladay somehow got votes from Jerry, and uh, we'll have to have words with him about that. Uh, but here we go. Let's stump for our guy. So, Ryan, let's start with you. You wanted to talk about T.Y. Hilton. He did not make the top 10, he came in 14th overall.
2: Yeah, T.Y. Hilton, I think, is somebody who is just perennial. Like he, perennially, he's just overlooked. I don't think that a lot of people pay attention to Indianapolis Colts football to begin with, especially, I think, with that hangover with the Andrew Luck injury and them kind of just being irrelevant for a little while. T.Y. Hilton has just been very, very good. If not, just call him what he is. He's great. I mean, 1,270 yards last season, uh, 76 catches, 16.7 yards per catch. He's 29 years old, and he's just been doing it every year. He's two years removed from leading the league in receiving, which I I think that that'll be a stat that everybody will come around and say, do you know that T.Y. Hilton led the league in receiving one year? And everybody will say, there's no way that that happened. But this guy, I mean, from the slot, outside, super versatile. And I think that he's not just a product of like having a quarterback like Andrew Luck. I think that as we talk about and as – you know these list casts are about like these players are in a vacuum, so T.Y. Hilton, I think could be successful anywhere he goes. He's just really that good.
1: It's crazy to think that that guy's been in the league seven years. It yeah. feels like it's three or four he, yeah he's, he's twenty nine and I think some of the part of the reason maybe he's not getting the attention he deserves is is the touchdown numbers. He's never had more than seven in a season and he hasn't had more than six since twenty fourteen but uh but uh, i I I agree. He's probably way overlooked. Kyle actually had him fifth on his list. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to stump here a little bit for guy who came in 12th overall for us. Amari Cooper, who actually I completely forgot to vote for, to be honest. And I think if I could take it back, I'd probably swap out Julian Edelman or Mike Evans on my list. Actually, probably Mike Evans. Amari Cooper. There's potential here for Cooper to go even higher. I, I know stop me stop me if you've heard this one before, but the guy gets a bad rap because of drop passes. But those drop passes are now years in his past. Since being traded to Dallas, I know Dallas, ew, it leaves a foul taste in your mouth, but he had, you know, a thousand over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, Pro Bowl appearance last year. He's he looks to be doing well in Dallas. He's worked on his mechanics. He's hitting that prime age, like, he's, what, 25 this year, I believe? Something like yeah, that, yeah. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's 25. Strange. And, I mean, this guy has shown you in times past why he has that potential. And when I look at the past and I see the drops, you know what I think? Meh. That's what I think. That's in the past. Guys evolve. Guys get better. And Amari Cooper has shown you on a on a line chart, he's going up. So 1,000 yards might just be the start for Amari Cooper.
1: He had a couple of monster games last year. He had 180 yards against Washington, two touchdowns. He had 217 yards against Philly, three touchdowns. Those are against division. He Rivals will be two, used. So, yeah, he he's, will he's absolutely
0: big. be used. Like they, not only does Dallas have a good line, they, I mean, they've got a good receiving course and maybe that takes away from his, his full potential. But again, guy in a vacuum, Amari Cooper, I feel is that good and should probably get a spot on a top 10. Jeremy, you wanted to stump for a guy who came in just missed the cut at number eleven.
1: Yeah, Adam Thielen, uh, a guy that I think I think people tend to underrate just because they they picture him as kind of like a speedy slot type, and everyone loves their wide receivers, big, tall, jumping, you know, catching jump balls and and making big plays like that. But Adam Thielen, it might be the best route runner in the league. Um, so crisp, so clean, so I mean, so just unbelievable in terms of his ability to make big plays without out-jumping opponents and, and things like that. And so, obviously, we have a pretty good look at him in the NFC North, but um, along with Stefan Diggs, that's that's a really impressive group of top two wide receivers. I know if, if I said anything more, Ryan would jump on me for my wide receiver rankings in the division, but uh, Adam Thielen, I think, definitely deserves to be in the top 10, and shame on those of you at Pride of Trade that didn't include him.
0: All right, let's get to the list cast itself. Number 10 and I feel like he could be even be higher, but I think collectively we've all stopped watching Cincinnati Bengals football. AJ Green coming in with 17 votes.
1: Yeah, I just, to me, I, I had him low on my list. I'm not sure how low, but I just think his, his time is kind of. Has, up. He, has I, he passed? Has he passed, he, you think? He passed his yeah, prime. yeah I, just, I just think he had, I mean, how old is he now? 30. 30.
0: He'll actually and be thirty-one think, before the season starts.
1: Yeah, and I think he's coming off one of his least productive years, uh, you know, in the pros. Which is, I mean, it was what? Oh, he's coming off an injury where yeah. he only had six hundred ninety-four yards. So obviously, that's that's kind of hard to judge. Um, but you can see, like, he isn't the thirteen, fourteen hundred-yard receiver that he was early on in his career. He's only eclipsed a thousand uh, once in the past three years. Granted, again, injury thing, but injuries is something to think about. Um, if if you're 30 and you're you're suffering injuries every other year, well, it's not going to get any easier on your body from from then on out. So, the guy is still a tremendous receiver. I'm not taking anything away from him. he's great hands. He's he's one of those tall receivers that can out jump a bunch of guys and uh, make some acrobatic catches. But I just think he's kind of in the twilight of his career at this point, and there's some younger, more talented guys out there. Number nine. Not,
2: I was oh, going to say yeah, real on, quick. Ryan. I'm I'm not I'm not here for the Andy Dalton slander either because he's the perfect replacement level quarterback for our for our <laughs> rankings to go off of.
0: Wad wins above Andy Dalton.
2: <laughs> perfect.
0: <laughs> I want that as an actual. I want that as an actual stat. Football Outsiders hire me. All right. <laughs> Number nine, Ryan. I know you usually go here, but can you please permit me to be a little bit Homer here? Yeah, go ahead. You found alumni powers here. Number nine, Juju Smith Schuster. It's always hard taking over someone like that Schuster has to take over for. He has to take over in a Pittsburgh offense that is now pretty much uh, has two giant holes in it. And most concerning to him is the Antonio Brown hole sized hole that he's taking over. But we've already seen flashes from Juju when it comes to it, right? Like he has already proven that he can be a number one target. He had, I think 1400 yards last season. He's very, he's very speedy. He's very fast. He's, you know, got, got everything he needs to really work in that system. And he's just, he's got skill and he's got, he's got quickness that I just like about him.
1: Yeah. He's, he's a really versatile guy too. Like he, the speed is probably what what really draws the headlines, but he's he's also a tall guy that can go up and you know, he isn't necessarily a, a slot guy. He's he's a guy that can play outside receiver. He can slide into the slot and play pretty darn well there as well. Um so I, I think, think the spotlight will be on him. It really will. Yeah. Like, I mean and it's it to show the relevance. It I mean, he yeah, had about eleven catches last year. That's ridiculous. The guy the guy proves prove he could be like the guy last year, even if he wasn't necessarily the guy. I mean
0: and he's still young, too, he's going to be he's going to be turning 23 late in the season. He's got room to grow as well. once again, low on this list, but room to rise. Number eight: Ryan, you get to talk about Keenan Allen.
2: I can't wait to talk about Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen is a guy who I think I think is pretty underrated on this list. I had him um, in my own rankings at number six. six. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know I, I I wanted to put him higher but there were ultimately some guys once you get to the top you know it's pretty difficult you're you're picking hairs and you're really just picking favorites but when it comes to Keenan Allen I think what's most impressive about him is his ability like when when he's on the field I think the Chargers are just like an exponentially better team like I think that there are some offenses in the NFL that can get by without their star players playing a la um, I don't know. Like, look at the Rams, or look at um, maybe even a team like the Chiefs. You know, if, if Tyreek Hill's hurt, it's okay. Like, they can, they can figure out. You know, Andy Reid can scheme something up. If if uh, you know, if Robert Woods is hurt, then the the Rams can scheme something up. I think that Keenan Allen just totally makes that offense tick, and he, I mean, just one of the best receivers in the NFL.
1: And I mean. Absolutely. I I you can't mention Keenan Allen being a Lions fan and not mention that opening year and the opening game in twenty fifteen where he just tore the Lions defense apart. I think that's Woof. why maybe Lions fans might have Keenan Allen a little bit higher than than maybe the general population because those scars still burn, man. Those I, I can I can still see Keenan Allen just tearing apart the Lions secondary in a game that I attended and, and yeah will not soon forget.
2: The the thing the thing with him too is that 2015 2016 really struggled with injuries. You know, 2016 yeah. played one game. 2015 played half a season. These past two years that he's played, he's at all-pro level. Yeah. 102 catches in 2017, 1393. Uh last season 97 catches for 1196. Yeah, he's, and that he's that really 2015
1: good. season he was on pace for 1400 yards. It would have been his best career year.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: He's good. All right, number seven. And I see here this guy a lot higher on some other lists here. In fact, uh, Jeremy, you have him number five. Yeah. Uh I'm sorry, Ryan, you have him number four. Wow. And this is distressing because this guy is in division. Green Bay is Devontae Adams. Uh, this is a real threat here. Does Aaron Rodgers actually have a, leg- a legitimate weapon here? He has
1: a legitimate weapon i'm not sure if a. he has a second one but uh yeah, adams uh it, if if uh adam thielen isn't the best route runner in the league it might be Devonte adams um darius Slay has gone on record saying it's the toughest wide receiver he's ever faced that's not you know Calvin johnson in practice uh so i mean that's that's just about as high praise as you can get and while the stats point. Aren't, aren't quite there yet, and you'd expect them to maybe be a little bit higher with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Um, this is a guy that you absolutely have to game plan for, a guy that absolutely uh, in a bubble would – I mean, he, he had a career year last year. Let, let's not put anything aside. 13, 1386 yards, 13 touchdowns. He's had 10 touchdowns in three straight seasons. So the, the production is is getting there, um, but this is a guy that I think is, is still supremely underrated. He's still just 26-year-old. I think he's a top five receiver, or very, very close to it.
0: All right, uh, I'm going to move a little faster here as we get near our top ten—not top five—but this one's an anomaly, and I just want to throw this one out real quick because I'm not sure how he made it up to six. Oh, I see. We here. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for listing him at number two. That's exactly what's brought this guy up to number six over Devontae Adams, uh, a guy who's not even on some of our lists altogether. Uh, Mike Evans is number six. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> this is the yeah. one that we're all just going to poo-poo on because he's not any of our favorites, right?
1: Yeah, I did, I really didn't want to put him on our list, but I mean, he was we have respect nice, the number 10. Ryan's was was Ryan was one of the two people that didn't have him on his list entirely. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's an attitude thing that I don't like about him or inconsistency. I know he occasionally has drops. I will say that he isn't Hasn't been given any favors by being on Tampa Bay. That offense no. has been garbage for a while, and I'm I'm not a believer in a uh, James Winston, really. So
0: it's mostly his size, right? Everyone sees Mike yeah. Evans, well, huge at six. That's what six, I was saying five, before. With
1: like, why Adam Thielen, I don't think is on this list, is because people really love your tall, gangly wide receivers.
0: Yeah, and Mike Evans might be one of those archetypes out there. He's just the tall, gangly guy. But I mean, I, I, we we also
1: have to give the guy at least a little bit. No, of credit. he he 1, is productive. Yards. He
0: has been productive with what he has. Like he has Jameis Winston throwing to him. Like, what more can you, <laughs> what more can you really deal with? And to his credit, last year, like his catch percentage did finally break through the fifties. He was, I think, a sixty-two percent catch completion uh, receiver, mm-hmm. which is better than he's been in his career. So he's definitely he's definitely getting better at what and, he's and yeah.
1: I was just going to say a ridiculous 17.7 yards per catch, which was easily the highest among everyone that isn't named Deshaun Jackson. Um, yeah. So he, he's a huge big play threat. I just don't see him on a down-to-down basis. I don't see him as a consistent guy.
0: Yeah, he's going to give you those big plays, and those will be exciting electric, and you'll wake up your fantasy league about it. But, you know, definitely some worries. And once again, here's a guy in the middle of our list we have to poo-poo because the voting is all fakakta uh number five and i'm uh antonio brown y'all are crazy
1: dude y'all to are put crazy. Him at number five he was my number one he's still my number one i don't care about all the drama i don't care about you know his age anything like that he's still the guy that just has every like there's no weakness in antonio brown's game nothing there's nothing that he can't do Tell me something that Antonio Brown can't do except for
0: get along with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, if we were judging by guys by how well they did or did not get along with Ben Roethlisberger, (laughs) we'd have a pretty messed up list here. But I mean, locker room poison, but at the same time, I, I, the age does worry me a bit and going. And again, I know we're supposed to do these guys in a vacuum, but he is not going to have the same kind of chances he had throwing with the jets. And, uh, yeah, I just, there, there's a lot of question marks about Antonio Brown. Is he going to really, I'm sorry, not the Jets anymore. Why did I say the Jets? I'm going to leave, that's, that's staying in. He's with the <laughs> Raiders now. The Raiders should make me even more concerned. Yeah, true. Like, I mean. Vacuum, vacuum, vacuum. Vacuum, vacuum. I know, I know. <laughs> but again, the guy's, the guy's going to be pushing 30 here. and I And this is the first time out of his comfort zone in a new market, with a new team. That's a lot to, in a new scheme, that's a lot to pick up. And it does, I mean, I still see him as great. I'm just not seeing him as above number five great. Ryan, you hit him five. Explain yourself.
2: I just see this year being the year where Antonio Brown looks human. I don't know why, but I'm typically a betting man. So that's what I'm betting on.
0: SMH. Fair enough. Fair enough, miss. And tell that to you, tell shout out to your friend Mr. Bavada King. Also uh, can
1: can I point something out
0: before we move on to the next one? Yeah, guy? real quick, real quick.
1: Yeah. Antonio Brown had fifty-five total points or whatever you want to call in our grading system. Mike Evans, who was six, had twenty-six. So there there is a huge drop-off from the we've, top we've five to this gap, yeah. to Six through ten.
0: We're in a we're in a proper and here comes another big jump as we jump up another seven points to our number four guy, who I gave him a number one vote because when we were talking about wide receivers last year, Antonio Brown was one name, but then this guy, I feel like if, if this is the guy, if Antonio Brown's the guy, Jeremy is stumping for saying y'all are crazy. I'm saying y'all are crazy on this guy. Number four, Odell Beckham jr.
1: I'm not going to sit here and tell you Odell Beckham jr. Isn't talent. He's fast. He's got, he's tall. He's actually not that tall, but he, he, he plays tall. He certainly plays tall. He's got, Tremendous agility, uh, just about every athletic trait that you want in a wide receiver, but uh, I don't know. I, I He needs to put together a full season, first of all. Only played 12 games last year, only played four the year before that. Second of all, I mean, there there are certain concerns about his character. I, th- I think he's going to be good in Cleveland, but the fact that he just, he, I don't know, he, he, he definitely is a guy that plays with his emotions on the sleeve, and, and sometimes that's fine if you can keep him under control in, in frustrating situations but we've seen it kind of effective his play sometimes when he's throwing tantrums on the sidelines. So,
0: but he's so damn good. He makes plays. No one else in this league can make hands down. One other guy can like me. we'll we'll get to that other guy here in a bit, but like there are reasons why people talk like people use Odell Beckham as a shorthand for, for, Oh my God, how did they make, how did they make that play? And that to me is worth a lot. And, I think, again, he, like he's in a much better position. I, crazy words have come out of my mouth. I don't think anything crazier and yet more logical than Odell Beckham with the Cleveland Browns is in a better place than he was with the New York Giants. Both, for, for multiple reasons. For scheme, for, for press environment, name your sure. poison. Yeah. I think Odell Beckham Jr. can show us something really magical this season. All right, let's get on to number three, and I think I should just cede the floor here to Ryan. He had him number two. Jerry Mallory had him number one. Uh, I'm not as hot on this guy, but, again, all four of these guys are pretty much interchangeable on our list. So, Ryan, uh, Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints.
2: Mm, Yeah, Michael Thomas caught 125 passes last year and led the league in receptions. Had 1,405 yards and nine touchdowns. Okay, I don't like what else. Like what? I'm not not too sure. I'm not too sure what else I should really talk about.
1: Here's the thing. Do you think he can do it again?
0: That's 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 my only question. Do you think he can do it again?
1: Yes. Well, I mean, I do too. I mean, he's had over a thousand yards in all three years in the league, and nine touchdowns in two of those three years. So he's he's capable of putting up big stats. But I don't know. He just kind of screams fantasy receiver to me. I'm not not taking anything away from his talent, but what. I don't, I don't know. Like you're just, you're part nah, of the Saints I, offense.
2: You're, you're just getting a ton of balls thrown your way. Do you remember the I don't touchdown see him making pass? A ton of, that, do you remember the touchdown pass that he caught against the Rams? And then he did the Joe Horn celebration. I don't. Like, yeah. That,
0: that, I mean, that gives him points. Not also, lie, but I do also, appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he, here's, here's one other really it's interesting crazy. stat about Michael Thomas too, though. Uh, third in the NFL in yards after catch among wide receivers.
0: Yep. That's big. As we saw with Golden Tate, that's big. Mm-hmm. Number two, and I'm surprised this guy fell to number two because I remember we had a pretty tight battle with him in our number one. You can probably guess who our number one and number two are. But as always, it's interesting to see when when the crown will pass here. Number two is Julio Jones. And three votes separate him from DeAndre Hopkins, who is your number one list cast wide receiver of 2019. So. Julio Jones, I see. Actually, Julio actually had more first place votes. He had he had four, four first place votes. Hopkins only had two—one mm-hmm. from Ryan and one from uh, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no one
1: had Hopkins lower than third or fourth. It looks like. Yeah. And And I think there are,
0: yeah, let's, I don't know what happened with Julio's thing here. And we're not going to, we're late in here. So I'm not going to do a deep dive. It's Ryan's fault. He hit him sixth. Okay. I want to hear this from (laughs) Ryan. Actually, he had him seventh. Ryan, explain yourself.
2: Explain why Julio Jones is all the way down at seventh. Yes. Okay. I mean, in terms of big name wide receivers, let's, let's put it this way. I mean, Calvin Ridley had 91 targets, he had eight drops, but then you're also looking at Julio Jones, who had uh, 113 targets, but he also had eight drops. So in terms of like your big name wide receivers, Julio Jones dropping the ball just like Mike Evans is, and I know that Julio Jones is prone to have jump balls thrown to him and things like that. Putting Julio Jones at seventh doesn't mean that I think that he's bad. I just don't think that he's as good as DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute unit. The dude had 81 plays that he made that resulted in first downs.
0: For me, I think it's all a matter of age for me right now. Hopkins is younger than Jones. Jones is going to start, which in theory, Jones is still amazing. I think he could keep doing it for a very long time, but Hopkins showed us some real, real flashes of just pure brilliance last year, and I want to see more of it.
1: Just a quick thing on Julio Jones. Five straight seasons of fourteen hundred
3: yards or more. Guess who else has done that? Who? Ooh. Nobody. Ooh.
1: Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. But I still had him third behind Hopkins and, and Antonio Brown. Hopkins. I just love watching that dude play. He's he's makes incredible catches. He's extremely talented. He's extremely productive on on a team that has struggled offensively in the past. Uh, <clears throat>
0: Ryan, fantasy outlook, Hopkins will be the first wide receiver off the board in most fantasy drafts,
2: right? Um, maybe. Michael Thomas, I mean, Jeremy brought up a good point. Michael Thomas might be your guy just because of the volume, and if you're playing yeah. in a you know, PPR league, then th- that's the way to go. But the thing that's most impressive about Hopkins is his like, tenacious play style. Like, he li- literally, literally, like at the, point of, at the point of catch, he just like, takes balls away from people and then runs. And he's, he's so fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of reports too, like I'm I'm reading this from NFL.com that DeAndre Hopkins was like very banged up in 2018. And he's doing all of that while, you know, battling injuries. Imagine what we could see out of him if he's able to like just go through a season completely healthy.
2: Hey, imagine imagine seeing DeAndre Hopkins play with a competent quarterback for an entire season like Deshaun Watson rather than having to play with Brock Osweiler or <laughs> sorry, this is a Lions podcast, but Tom Savage. Or <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Ryan Mallet or TJ Yates or Brandon Whedon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <that's... laughs> I, I, I mean, that poo poo platter deluxe was throwing to DeAndre Hopkins in the 2015 season, and DeAndre Hopkins still caught 111 passes for 1,521 yards and 11 touchdowns. So yeah. try to tell me that Julio Jones, who never played with anybody other than Matt Ryan, is a better receiver than DeAndre Hopkins. Eh, wrong.
0: All right. That's our list cast. Let's White go draw. back through but Mike Drop, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, and A.J. Green with honorable mentions from your podcast hosts going to Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, and T.Y. Hilton. Coming up next, we will dive into the mailbag, get all your questions done, and see what kind of shenanigans we can get up to. It's Pride to Detroit, the Cast. We will be right back. Stick around. Real time. Hashtag ask P O D as always to get your questions in. We take any of the best questions we can. The rest Jeremy takes over on pride sometime in the middle of the week. Uh, I also want to start giving shout outs to reviews again. Uh, if you want to go on to our Apple podcast page, Google podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, mostly looking on Apple podcasts where a lot of reviews are we're looking for five-star reviews. You want to give us one there. We'll shout you out on the show. We'll uh, read your comments. We'll do what we used to do. It just now we're only going to do it for five stars because we want, we want winners. We want people who, who bang with a POD culture. Is that good? I love it. We should Thumbs give up. some more. We got to give some more incentive for people to leave those reviews too. But uh, we need your help to continue this dominance. If you like what you hear here, uh, the season's coming up and I want to just start banging knuckles. I want to bang Knuckle, knuckles out there. And just really take over. But let's get to the mailbag. First question here is going to be unfortunately about the staff, so we are going to start naval gazing. So strap in, folks. He's got uh, Nada Ansa has a question, and he leaves out Jeremy in this. Who do you see? He asks, is the most un. You know what? I'll, this is a question for Jeremy. Who do you okay. see is the most unbiased writer of Pride of Detroit, and who is the most biased?
1: Oh, geez.
0: name names jeremy managing editor yes all
1: right i mean let's let's be honest with ourselves i love mike payton to death but he he's he's not exactly the most unbiased person on staff let's just put it that way i think he'd be the first to admit that anyways uh yeah Yeah. um terms of lack of bias maybe mansoor i think he tends to to view things very objectively
0: no mansoor is definitely biased he definitely has favorites Maybe just not with the Lions, but he has favorites. Well,
1: I, I, I thought we were talking Lions specifically. I don't uh, think Mansur likes any of the Lions players. <laughs> maybe that's why I think he's the most <laughs> guy, <'cause laughs> So Maybe that's why he it. hates everybody.
0: Uh, okay, myself, well, myself. I'll just
1: answer myself Jesus. for that one.
0: Claire asking us a uh, question here. How does it feel that Audible Dong is the motion is the emotional climax of the All or Nothing trailer? So in case you haven't seen the all or nothing trailer is out. It's on YouTube for the Carolina Panthers starting July 19th. And yes, audible dong does feature in the trailer.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's going to be fun though, right? Like I love all or nothing and we get to watch the, uh, the, the Panthers game, which we didn't get to in our, in our way back machine because it happened after the, uh, what's well, called the happening, which I'll just refer to <laughs> as the, the golden <laughs> tape. The, the, the
0: happening. The, a time break. Yeah.
1: The Lions pull off that, that one point win uh, against the Panthers. I guess I kind of forgot that it was because of, was it a missed extra point or missed field goal? I,
0: I I'm not I sure what it, is. it was an extra point.
1: I can't. And then remember they obviously had to go for two or they didn't have to go for two. They decided to go for two at the end of the game and didn't convert, but it'll be fun to, I always love watching, you know, you'll, you'll probably get some on field audio. I don't know if you'll get any from the lion's side, but getting kind of a, a background you might see how like the panthers tried to game plan for for the lions so uh once that drops i'm definitely going to jump straight to whatever week that was week nine or ten or whatever and
0: uh and see what happens Yeah, goku brown asking us name your top three fago flavors fago of course big in michigan uh however i don't think any of us once again this is going to be one of these disappointing questions that reveal just kind of what knobs we are Uh, i don't think any of us are big fago drinkers
1: Ooh, uh i mean i don't really drink all that much soda anymore but like i know rock and rye was like the best obviously
0: right i'm not a big fan i'm not a big fan of cream flavors is my problem that's not cream cream soda rock and rye Rock and Rye was, what was
1: Rock and Rye. Again? I think Rock and Rye was more like their Dr Pepper ish, wasn't it?
0: Was it? I don't know. Ryan, <laughs> it's been me a while. Out. since I'm the- I, I, <laughs> I'm not in Michigan anymore. I don't get any of these. I, all I know is I like Moon Mist, and I do red not pop. like Red Pop. No. Oh no, Red Pop okay. was like a strawberry cream. I do not like no, I, Red
1: Pop. I think. Okay, so my top three would probably go Rock and Rye, Orange, Red Pop, because I did like Red Pop. Disgusting. Ooh, black mm. cherry too. I forgot about black cherry. I
2: don't, I don't really drink soda anymore, but when I was a kid, I, I drank a lot of uh, cream soda.
0: Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let's take another question here. Let's go with at New Zealand Lion, who's been sending us a lot of good questions lately. Would you rather try to block Khalil Mack or get dunked on by LeBron James?
3: <laughs> uh, uh I'll I'll
1: get dunked on by LeBron James. At least I'll get a poster what? out of it.
0: No, no, no. That poster is etern- is a memory of eternal shame.
1: That's fine. I, I will take that from LeBron James. I will I will get teabagged by LeBron James before I take a hit from Khalil Mack.
2: Wow. Um, yeah, wow. Here's, here's the thing. The Khalil Mack hit could do damage to my internal organs. The only thing that a LeBron James Dunk is gonna do is probably hurt my ego, but then again, why would it? It's LeBron James. He's the greatest. But I mean it's it's not exactly. it's
0: it's not exactly like you're just standing under the basket and LeBron James comes up and dunk on you. You're trying to defend the basket, so he is going to slam himself into you, shove you down, and throw that ball over your head. Like it is still physical. And probably more high speed than Khalil Mack. But he's not wearing hundred
1: pounds of
3: protection
1: mm, mm. and i'm the scrawny little frames wearing pads that probably weigh more than i do okay
0: fair enough ray stockinos asking us this question now that e3 is in the rear view mirror what is the next new video game that you are excited for uh <laughs> don't all jump jeremy, in jeremy one. i mean i know you barely play anything like you play Fortnite. it's a miracle we got you onto Fortnite fortnite and
1: rocket league is there a rock is or either call of duty sequel i don't know
0: those those games get pretty well updated uh let's see i mean man i'm i'm enjoying my switch right now there's quite a few games coming out for the switch i'm just having trouble focusing on one because there's a new pokemon coming out fire emblem here at the end of the month uh the new Zelda Breath of the Wild, they're making a sequel for that. I mean, there's, it's, it's a good time to be, if you're a video, like video game, it's a good time to be in it. And unfortunately for me, I just don't have a ton of money to keep spending on them. I think, though, all of them being the most hype that I am for, I'm still probably the most excited and most thrilled and most anticipating the release of Cyberpunk 2077 from the creators of The uh, Witcher 3. Is that the Which- one with, uh, what's his name? Keanu Reeves. Yes. He has a role in it now. Nice. Wake the bleep up samurai. Yeah. Ryan.
2: I'm looking forward to Madden this year. It Has Patrick Mahomes on the cover.
3: Is that a Madden curse?
2: So help me God. If that does anything (laughs) to my beautiful
0: boy, Patty Mahomes. It better not. Bars 20 asking us with TV and movie remakes being all the rage these days, what movie or TV series would you like to see revisited?
2: Ooh, Beetlejuice, as long as Keaton is still in it
1: <laughs> as, mm-hmm. a, as a, do you want them to reboot the TV series?
2: No, here, I, I honestly want them to do Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. Like that just sounds like the best idea. Like, <laughs> it, like this, is, this is when originality can really be used to its fullest extent because w- without like these, you know, without any, it seems like there aren't any like new, like intellectual properties that are springing up in films. No, I mean, everyone's
0: it, scared. Everyone's, everyone's leaning on algorithms and marketing and trying to dig up. That's why you have this question. Everyone's just doesn't want to make something new really.
2: Right. Like, I wanted to be excited when Paul Rudd was like, hey, I'm doing the new Ghostbusters film. I was like, I like Paul Rudd. I like Ghostbusters. However, I'm not very excited because I've seen Ghostbusters before.
0: Yeah, at some, like, point, I think, I, at some point, I think the nostalgia train will die. I just don't know when it's going to be. Probably once we hit Zoomers being the next big marketing opportunity, and they are not ca- a captive audience to all of the intellectual properties of the 80s and
2: 90s. Yeah, just give me Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian because it'll be really good.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm in trouble here because like some of the stuff I have wanted to see remade has been remade. Like, and I just got news apparently like even even an anime like Akira is going to be made in some new anime uh, project. So that's even gone. Ghost in the Shell's been remade a few times, including a live action one. Uh, live action stuff. I mean, they remade Magnum Pi, and it sucks. Actually, speaking of those old, uh, and I mean they're they're making basically. I can't really ask for like a Star Trek Next Generation remake because they're making that series on John Luke Picard, and that kind of counts. Plus, well, Star Trek keeps going on regardless. I, you know what, it is actually biggest biggest show from the '80s that I would actually I, actually I would absolutely love to see remastered, brought up to date, and maybe put through that lens of '80s on just an extreme uh what's the word i'm looking for just an extreme exaggeration of what the 80s were but i would love to see a remade miami vice
2: miami vice That
0: sounds like that's already happened has that not already has that
2: happened? already happened i don't know already it, it did don't feel
1: like it has it did, it did happen. happen there was a movie right they
2: made yeah, a movie jamie fox and that's right uh, Colin. How did I... what's his name
0: that was back in 2006 wow okay. Yeah. Okay, that was 13 years ago. I feel like that's almost like enough <laughs> time you can territory. try to do it again. <laughs> 13 years is enough for nostalgia. You're probably yeah. right. Yeah, no. That's that's absolutely like enough enough time because what was it? Miami Vice itself was when was the first season? Was that 19 That was 88. Well, shit. Let's let, let's reboot Seinfeld then. Uh, can you even reboot <laughs> Seinfeld?
1: Can are you allowed to do that? <laughs> Are you I'm asking legitimately, are you allowed to do that? I don't know. Find a better comedian. Yeah, I said better. I mean,
0: no, you're me. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh do Hannibal. you have a t- Hannibal is what you would reboot? No, Hannibal Burris. Oh, Hannibal. I guess it would be called Burris, not Hannibal. Is he, that he, is that what you're going with is a Seinfeld reboot. Is that your answer? Yep. Wow.
3: <laughs> Never say we don't deliver here in the mailbag.
0: All right, Uh, Dirty Mike asking us a question to finally get us back onto Lions topics. Is there any Lions player that's going under the radar that could have a Pro Bowl season?
3: Hmm.
1: Under the radar? Ah, man. That's tough because in the offseason in Detroit, no Lions players going under the radar in Detroit. Everyone's like, going to be the best, going to be amazing. Um, I, I guess the the first guy that popped out in my mind was Justin Coleman. I think he is a crucial signing to this team, considering how much talent that this division has at slot receiver, the fact that they finally have, as Ryan referred to, I think in the first segment, you know, their, their big nickel corner that they've been looking for for a while. Um, he's going to be a big addition thing is with a corner, you're going to have to put up a lot of interception stats to to make a Pro Bowl and and from the nickels, it's not the easiest position to, to get a bunch of interceptions, so I don't think it'll happen. But if there's an under the radar guy on this roster that has a chance of being really, really good, I think
2: it's him.
0: Yeah. All right. I'll take that. Um, welcome back, Ryan. I see we have some technical difficulties.
2: Yeah, I don't know why my computer just wants to switch from one Wi-Fi to Xfinity Wi-Fi in the middle of anything ever. It why happens. would you ever? Why would you ever go off of Chobani Greek yogurt Wi-Fi? <laughs> what flavor Chobani? I don't know. That's, that's the name of my no, name I'm not of my Wi-Fi you, network. Um, you name black it, you got to have
0: a flavor. Okay, yeah, we'll go with black cherry. All right, question here from Andy Murphy, which finally gets me a nice riff on a question I'm kind of tired of. Which NFL players, current and retired, would you pick to replace your fellow podcasters on the podcast, and why? <laughs> can i be honest all of us are expendable here like former nfl people just get views man they just get get interest all of us are
1: expendable all right but let's come up with three good podcasting hosts or co-hosts or whatever one has to be nate burleson right
3: does it i think so all right that's your pick
2: yeah, I think Chris's pick should be Spielman. Like, why would it be anybody else?
0: <laughs> Spielman. That that sounds about right. That's yeah, it, but I mean, perfect. you also have to you also have to be capable of hosting if you're placing me. So I'm not. There are some points deducted there, but you
2: know, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with
0: it. We'll go with it. Spielman, Burleson, and what's yours,
2: Ryan? Dan Miller. Are we just going all he line? He's a former player.
0: Yeah, former player. Former player. You're cheating. No,
2: I, no, I, he probably played football at some point, whether or not it was in like high oh, school man. or whether or not he threw a NFL football around. Players. NFL players uh, is the question. Who, which, which NFL players are good at hosting things? Tony Romo? You don't need to host,
0: just like who would replace you? Who would replace me?
3: Yeah.
1: Why aren't we smash
2: cutting to John Cena right now? <laughs>
1: About, you'd be Marshawn Lynch because you're just here so you don't get fined.
2: That's yeah, true. That's actually true. true. That's actually true. It is Marshawn Lynch. It's super accurate.
0: So coming next year from SB Nation, the Pride of Detroit POD cast, hosted by Chris Spielman with guest stars <laughs> Nate Burleson and Marshawn Lynch. Man, I'd listen to the hell out of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That would be at the top of my playlist.
0: We're already out of jobs. Already. No, 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 no. Right. SB Nation is already on the phone texting me. It's like, yo, you guys just got to pack it up right now. (laughs) Show's over. Go home. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit PODcast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I-A-M-B-R-I-A-N-S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side.